What's up, everybody? Uh, today's going to be a fun show, a bit of a different show. We uh, Later in the week coming up, we have an NBA preview tomorrow. We've got a full hockey preview coming up on Friday. So mixing things up a little bit today. But uh, first things first, special thanks to SportsBetMVP.ag. Great online sports book. Highly recommend adding them to your list of sports books. Now, here's the thing. We always talk about having multiple books to shop at. Why is that? It's because the more places you can shop at and, and, and find different lines, the inevitably lower you're going to pay for the games you want to bet. So that's the single best way of starting to make more money today, right? There's a lot of ways to start making more money as a sports better, but most of them take time. You got to develop strategies and, and implement you know, different handicapping ideas. Not this. If you want to start making more money today, just get one more book, right? Start getting lower prices, start shopping around a little bit more. Start comparing other lines off of lines on different books. Always get the best price. So if you plan on adding a sports book, I highly recommend sportsbetmvp.ag. You get your money in easy, get your money out easy. Lots of great lines every day, and they have all these weird sports that we like to bet on, that you guys like to bet on, that are going on as well. So uh, online sportsbetmvp.ag, and give them a follow on Twitter as well, at sportsbet underscore MVP. What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, we're going to preview the Johnny Depp Elon Musk cage fight that may or may not happen, and we'll get to some other sports betting news as well. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Uh, like I said earlier in the in the show when we started it off, you know, <laughs> what was that? A minute and a half ago. <laughs> um, Later in the week, we're going to have all kinds of previews. We're going to have a couple uh, picks on tomorrow's show. The NBA starts on the 30th. So uh, tomorrow, we're going to preview some of those games, give a couple picks out. And then on Friday, same thing. We're going to preview the full slate of NHL coming on uh, Saturday. And by the way, once hockey starts on Saturday, it's going to be nonstop hockey all day, every day, pretty much for like a month. It's going to be great. Same thing with basketball. I mean, so many games coming up. We were so deprived for so long, and now it's just a flood of opportunities to bet. So uh, that's later in the week, right? That's the serious stuff. But today, we're mixing things up. We're going to talk. <laughs> I know, I know. I just wanted to have some fun today. I saw this online this morning, and I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. All right, so Elon Musk and Johnny Depp are apparently feuding right now. So let's just give you guys a little background so you know what's going on here. Uh, Johnny Depp has been accusing Elon Musk for some time now of cheating with uh, Johnny Depp's ex-wife, Amber Heard. So Johnny Depp, Amber Heard used to be married. Johnny Depp thinks Elon Musk had an affair. Well, Elon, and he brought this up actually during the divorce trial going on between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. So Johnny Depp has been pissed off at Elon Musk for some time now. He's been bringing, bringing him up in the, in the trial, and Elon Musk has adamantly denied this. Musk said there was nothing that happened before they got married. Now, obviously, Elon Musk and Amber Heard, have, I, I don't know if they're together now. They've been seen together. You'll have to ask someone. You know, you know, maybe I can get my sister on, interview her about the most recent celebrity fucking you know, couples. I, I don't follow any of that stuff, but either way. I think that they're still together. They spend time together, something like that. But it's not like they haven't, you know, they, they've been together, you know, they, they hooked up. But I think that it was probably after my, my initial reaction is, is to believe Elon Musk. I mean, look, I love Johnny Depp 
and I like the movies he's been in, but I mean, he he doesn't strike me as like the most trustworthy person for something like this, right? Especially going through like a divorce. And hey, this is just my opinion. This is my handicap on the matter, okay? So if you guys disagree, that's fine. This is my opinion. But I tend to think that Elon Musk is probably telling the truth here and that everything probably did happen after. Who knows? I don't know any of these guys more than anyone else does, but that's just my my assumption. So that's the backstory. Johnny Depp's pissed off. He keeps calling Elon Musk mollusk. <laughs> you know, so and he recently said he wanted to cut his dick off in an interview, which is okay. But, uh, yeah, Elon Musk uh, then retaliated and said that, okay, if you're that mad and you're, you won't let this go, let's just have a cage match and let's have a cage fight. So we're going to talk about some numbers. Who should be the favorite? Where would they fight? And all that good stuff. Now, let's start off by simply handicapping the height and weight because that's what's important in the MMA, right? We're talking to weight classes and looking at things. Elon Musk is 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 clearly the bigger guy here, okay? Elon Musk is 6'2", 205. Johnny Depp is 5'10", 157. So Johnny Depp would be in the welterweight class. And to be honest, because most of these fighters fight at the top of the weight class, right? If it's lightweight, it's 145 to 155. They're all fighting at 155. No one's fighting at 145. If it's welterweight, 155 to 170, everyone's fighting at 170. No one's no one's coming in there at 155. So it's likely that you'd put Johnny Depp in the lightweight category, right? Only two pounds below what he weighs right now because that's where everyone else is. And so he's a lightweight at 155. By the way, the lightweights are, you know, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Nurmagomedov, however you say it, uh, Conor McGregor, you know, those guys. I mean, those aren't big dudes. Nurmagomedov, I have no idea. I, I, I'm not reading notes or anything. I was off the top of my head. So, I mean, if anything, you guys got to give me some credit for that one. But uh, those, those aren't the biggest fighters in the world. That's way down there, okay? Compared to Elon Musk, <laughs> who's 6'2", 205, guys. 205 is the high end of the light heavyweights. I mean, he's fighting John Jones here. This is a big difference. So Elon Musk is clearly the bigger guy, okay? So if they're getting into a ring together, you got to give immediate advantage to Elon Musk. Also, don't you feel like Elon Musk would will figure out some weird way to approach this? And I don't think that's that's that off. I mean, look, we always say that with, with Harvard. Why isn't Harvard coming up with better football plays? Why don't they run these weird football plays? Well, I think it's because the sport allows what the sport allows. You can't really do that much. But in fighting, it's like you see something new all the time. You're seeing new kicks, new, new, new moves. So I could see Elon Musk coming up with something, doing a little research. Also, Elon Musk used to fight. He did judo as a kid, and 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 I believe other MMA, but I know he did judo. So he's got some experience. Johnny Depp, this guy is a little, this guy's a little fruitcake. I mean, he's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. But, like, he's an, he's been an actor his whole life. You guys ever spent time around actors? I grew up in college. Our neighbors next door, a lot of them were, like, in the theater acting thing. I love my neighbors. They were great. It, it, but, uh, the, the actors are a little, they're cut from a different cloth, okay? They just are. I don't think they'd admit that as well. Actors are a little weird, man. A little kooky. Especially those who make it a profession like Johnny Depp, Okay? Ooh, look, Kooky. There's something going on there. I don't know. I don't know. But Johnny Depp, it's not like this dude's any, any of the characters he's played. I don't imagine Johnny Depp being very intimidating. I mean, he's threatened to cut the guy's dick off. That that That's more of like a chick move to me, if you ask me. 
But I will give Johnny Depp this. He's got the motivational edge, okay? He's the one who's pissed off. He's the one who got a, a point to prove going in there. Elon Musk is like laughing about this, right? So the current odds, Elon Musk would be minus 300, Johnny Depp plus 200. That's pretty close to what I'd put it at. You know, minus 300. Let's do some quick math here. Pull up my trusty calculator. All right, so minus 300 would imply a 75% chance to win. So if you think there's any more than a 75% chance for Elon Musk to win, you make that bet. And on the other side, uh, Johnny Depp, 33.3% with the 200. And, and I know those don't add up to 100%. Uh, whatever, just let's do a quick, uh, quick little teaching session. Whatever those numbers add up to, the break-even percentages... Over 100%, that's the household. Okay, so on this given bet, minus 300 Elon Musk, plus 200 Johnny Depp. Let's just do it. 75 plus 33.3, 8.3. So it's about twice the household of a normal bet, but that's what you're going to get with a weird event like this. No one's going to offer four, <laughs> a 5% household, a 4% household on a Johnny Depp Elon Musk fight. Uh, these odds are from sportsbettingdime.com. Not, sh- not sure what book they pulled them from, but this uh, article I pulled up is sportsbettingdime.com. So, I, I mean, look, I'll take Musk there. I think Musk is uh, goes in there and dominates, right? Plus, at that point, I know the motivational edge goes to Johnny Depp, but Musk is going to be ready to go. He's going to be fired up, right? Plus, he's got a lot of friends. I saw that J- uh, Conor McGregor's trainer offered to train him for this. He's got Joe Rogan as a friend. So, I- I'm-, I'm giving Elon Musk a big... Uh, big, uh, yeah, we're going for him. Minus 300. Here's the side bet. Where will the fight take place? Los Angeles is plus 250. Fight Island, plus 300. The UK, 4 to 1. F- Florida, it just says Florida, 5 to 1. France, 6 to 1. South Africa, 6 to 1. Okay. This is what I'm interested in, the 10 to 1 bet. Pirate ship. What the hell are they talking about here? This is a real bet. This is something they pulled off of, off of uh, again, I'm not sure which sports book. It just says odds as of July 28th. They should say where they got this from. Um, hang on, maybe we can find it up here. No, I'm not sure. And maybe uh, sp- uh, Sports Betting Dime does their own odds. I'm not sure. But either way, maybe it's a market consensus. But either way, they pulled these odds from somewhere. Like they, These were bettable. Okay, So the fact that Pirate Ship is 10 to 1 is is crazy. And then I love this at 20 to 1. Mars. <laughs> if anyone thinks 20 to 1 is a good bet for them to be fighting on the red planet, I think that you should uh, contact me because I have some... I just talked to the king of Nigeria and he needs some money from you. So, all right. Uh, let's, let's stop talking about that. I think the Elon Musk, Johnny Depp thing has ran its course. But uh, I'll take Elon if they do happen to fight. All right, let's talk about some other sports betting news. Uh, Baseball's back. Sports are finally getting back. And guess what? In the first week of baseball's return, online sports betting saw record levels. We're not talking record levels uh, for one sports book. We're not talking for one team or anything like that. We're talking across the board. Pretty much every sports book saw a record in bets and bet volume just in the last week. Now, keep in mind, Sports betting is slowly becoming legal throughout the United States, but what I think is changing 
is people's excitement about sports betting. We always knew that there was a black market for sports betting. We always knew that there there was betting going on behind the scenes. What legal gambling does, though, is it opens it up for everybody else. Now, everyone who may or may not have done it before, excuse me, wouldn't have done it before, you know, man, they're thinking about it, but they choose not to. Now it's an easy. They're, they're, They're getting in. It's legal. It's so easy now to get your money in to a lot of these local books. It, it this is this is great for sports betting and there's a huge opportunity coming up for sports books and 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 we're going to talk about this here in a minute but the stocks of sports right of sports books uh, this is all very new i mean this is an industry that seems like it's been old since around since the 80s and it's still tough to make a living doing it while that is true we have a long ways to go until sports betting plateaus. I mean, look, it's not even legal in, in, in a bunch of states yet. California's still working on getting it on the bill. But record levels says to me there's a lot of new money in the market, right? Everyone who has been betting would have been betting anyway. So what that new money says and what that new money is going to do is maybe start nudging lines here or there. Maybe later on this week, maybe early next week, we'll do a show about how lines are made from the very creation of lines all the way to the start of a game because it's a fascinating process. But what I'm thinking I haven't seen this happen yet, and I haven't proven this yet, but what I'm thinking, what I'm inclined to believe will happen the more these average and kind of normal sports bettors get involved is we could now see a phenomenon which has long been overblown, the whole idea of public money. Because, guys, and I'm not going to make a show out of this, like I just said, we'll do a whole show on this coming up, but the idea that public money moves lines is really not true. I mean, maybe in some really, really, really high-profile games that's the case. Obviously, in the Super Bowl, that would be the case. But generally, public money is not near the factor everyone gives it credit to be. Uh, So with that, you know, I, I think that public money could start to have more of an impact. That's all I'm saying here is keeping an eye on does public money actually affect the line later on in the process. So, uh, but but I think it's really good news for sports books, for sports betters. Sports betting is back, and uh, it's it's better than ever. I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like in a couple weeks when they have baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, football, all, all of it going going on. I mean, football's back a little bit later, but still. It's going to be crazy coming up here soon. On that note, let's talk about stocks. Because with the growth of sports betting in general means the growth of sports books. And with the growth of sports books means the opportunity for us to capitalize on their growth. What I love as an investor in general, right? I don't really look at myself as a sports better. I love playing the stock market. We should maybe do a couple more stock talk shows on this show. But I think it's a really good opportunity to be able to invest in the sports books that good bettors are taking money out of on the other end. Now we're taking their money in the left hand and we're making money because they're growing from all the bad bettors on the right hand, right? They're getting bigger as a company. Their stock's growing, but we're also making money because we're good good sports bettors. So if you're investing on the, in them in the stock market and you can invest in DraftKings, there's a couple other ones right now, I recommend doing that. I think this grows. I think this industry, as I said earlier, still has a long way to go to, in, uh, to plateau, so take advantage of it right now and take advantage when prices drop. We saw this happen in the stock market during the coronavirus. Things tanked, but look, it only took about two months for them to bounce back to near where they were before the crash. Okay. Sports betting 
has been peaking, peaking, peaking. We just saw a record number last week betting baseball. We just talked about that. But one game gets canceled. Well, I think it was two games. Two games get canceled. The Miami Marlins are having an outbreak. Questions about whether the sport will continue. And I think the sport does continue, but that's not what this podcast is about. The stock price of DraftKings plummeted 13% when the news was released that they wouldn't be playing those games yesterday. Now, I think what happens is the players quickly get healthy. The last thing Rob Manford wants is to cancel the season. No commissioner wants to be the commissioner of the sport that stops. I promise you they're going to do everything they can in order to avoid that from happening. So they're going to keep playing. Matter of fact, Rob Manford came out and said, eh, they're fine even without... 12 players, it's not going to affect the competitive balance. Let's keep playing. Okay, all right. I mean, that that's up to you. But my point is, they're going to keep doing this thing. They're going to keep going. I highly doubt these sports are going to end. And even if they do, they're going to come back. These record numbers that we saw last week are going to be broken eventually, then broken again, broken again. The bigger it gets, the more popular it becomes. So the idea that a couple games get canceled and the stock plunges 13%, that would imply that you don't think anything is going to rebound. You think it's going to keep getting worse if you're selling your stock. I think those sales are incredibly uh, two-dimensional. I don't think those investors know anything about what they're doing in terms of the actual sports. And I would bet that those 13% who sold yesterday are looking at DraftKings as a normal stock and normal portfolio, and they saw one piece of bad news. And that's what you may do in any other business, any other industry. That kind of news comes out. That's not good. But we know that's not that big of a deal. And what I mean is this. Even if the MLB ends, even if the MLB season comes to a halt and they stop it, that won't impact the future earnings of DraftKings or any of these other sportsbooks who are public. Whether it takes six months or a year to actually come back and start playing sports again, once sports come back, these numbers will exceed where they are right now. Times two, times three. I I really believe that. So the idea that you should sell after one piece of of news like that, my advice to you would be sit tight. Sports betting is not going anywhere. I would invest and I would stick with what you've got. All right, let's move on uh, to Illinois. This is going to be more localized. Uh, I'll make it quick, though. Uh, Illinois online voter registration ended yesterday. It was really weird. They had like a like just a couple weeks to register online if you want to bet online in Illinois. Now that that's passed, it's going to be another 18 months before anyone can apply to bet online again. So if you do want to bet in uh, in Illinois and you did not apply to bet online, you're going to have to go and do it in person. I think with everything going on today, they should re open that for like a week or two, but I heard a lot of people didn't know about it, didn't get signed up, wanted to. So I think they should reopen that for a week or two, given the pandemic, given what's still going on, people still staying inside, so on and so forth. I don't think it's a good idea to force people to go outside if they want to make a bet. Plus, there's going to be a lot of people who want to do that. Illinois is a very you know densely populated state, especially Chicago. So I don't think that's going to be very good at all. They're making people go out. Online registration should open back up, but I'll keep you guys posted if I do hear anything on that front. And the last piece of news here comes as a warning because I hope the listeners of this show, and, and by the way, thank you guys for, for, for listening, for telling your friends. The growth in this show the last couple of months has been outstanding. I, I really can't thank you guys enough. So very good things for the show. Good things coming up too. Big things happening. But uh, again, I just appreciate it. But I think that happens because... You guys, this is, it's good information. I believe we get out there and we give great sports betting information. People profit, at least adjust, you know, what they're doing off of what we're saying. Because we, 
there, there's one goal we have on the on, on this show. It's the truth, right? It, it's to get to the truth, to let you guys know really what's going on with these lines, with these games, why people pick favorites. I mean, it may seem like I'm getting on here shitting on different people on Twitter or who, you know, different people on ESPN time and again. But my, my whole point is just to get the truth across to you guys because there's a lot of nonsense today. There's a lot of scam artists out there. There's a lot of people who really don't know what the hell they're talking about when it comes to sports betting. A lot of people who love sports but don't know sports betting are out there giving sports betting advice. I hear almost every single day. I hear really bad sports betting advice on national TV shows, YouTube channels, whatever it may be, and I'm just going, this is not good. You know, I hope my audience doesn't fall for this bullshit. And so on that note, uh, one of the uh, personalities on Fox Sports 1, he's on a show called uh, Lock It In, which is a sports betting show. By the way, Lock It In, I think Todd Furman on Lock It In is a a tremendous sports better. I think he knows what he's talking about. I think he knows what he's doing and he offers great advice. Clay Travis on that show is more of like a personality. He's there to, I think, you know, be funny, uh, kind of, you know, create some laughs here, there. He still knows a little bit about sports betting, but he's not a sports better per se. I wouldn't take his sports betting advice. And the third person on that show is cousin Sal. Cousin Sal knows the least about sports betting from anyone who I've seen publicly talk about sports betting in my life. This guy got famous, and I don't want to make it seem like I don't like Cousin Sal. I think he's hysterical. He seems like a great guy, but I'm just, I'm, these are facts. He got famous because he is the cousin, hence the name Cousin Sal, of Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel used to have Cousin Sal on, and Cousin Sal would do different bits. He'd be in the streets interviewing random people, so on and so forth. But that's how Cousin Sal got famous. Then he kind of parlayed that into a career uh, with with, uh, Fox Sports 1. He used his his fame to kind of say, yeah, I'm a a sports better, right? Plus Cousin Sal kind of sounds like a mafia type thing. It, It works for sports betting. And so once I started watching the show, Lock It In, and I would see Todd Furman give these elaborate breakdowns, these fantastic handicaps, and then it would go to this guy, Cousin Sal, and Cousin Sal would do handicaps that sound something like this. Uh, Yeah, you know, Miami, minus four tonight. I don't know. Uh, The weather was there. It was good today. Uh, LeBron's playing well. Let's take a chance. Go. uh, Let's go, Miami. It's like, what? what? What are you talking? Dude. That sounds like anything that anyone could say any given day. Like, I, I learned to not trust Cousin Sal really quickly. He would give on the show, on the show, telling people to follow his picks, like, five-team parlays <laughs> with all these huge favorites parlay together. It's just like any of my my idiot friends who try and make these crazy bets all the time, you know, think that's fine, right? That's fine if you want to do that. But if you get on national television, you go on Fox Sports 1 and then tell millions of people to make these bets, it's like, what are you doing, man? So Cousin Sal, in typical Cousin Sal fashion, decided to create his own company. He launched a sports gambling media network called Extra Points. And for fear of litigation, anything like that, me saying anything more, because everything we've, we've said so far has been true, or has at least been my opinion for Cousin Sal. Be careful, guys. That's all I'm saying. Be careful. Be very, very careful. There's going to be so much sports betting information out there in the next year. You are going to be flooded with new shows, new podcasts, new blogs, new websites, all trying to get a piece of the new sports betting craze. And this is simply, in my opinion, a money grab from someone who doesn't know the first thing about sports betting. He's now started a sports gambling media company called Extra Points. And my extra point to you, watch out. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Sharp Angle.
This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. 